0: Welcome to the Savvy Social Podcast, the show that blends stories and strategies to help businesses create engaged and profitable online communities using the unique power of social media. And now your host, Andrea Jones. We have entered the era of personality-driven brands. And this is not new. But in this conversation, I want to talk about the evolution of that personality-driven brand. And specifically, those of you who are listening who are like, Andrea, um, showing my personality on social media has nothing to do with my business. How do I marry the two? In today's episode, I'm sharing a recent interview I did with Brad Powell on the Thursday Standout Business Show. In this episode, we talk about the emotional connection behind storytelling and how to develop Relatable content without crossing some of those personal boundaries. Oh, and I shared tons of stories in here about how I do this personally as well, specifically how to create that cozy comfort feeling uh, when you're talking directly to a camera and no one else is in the room. So I'm excited to share this episode with you today. Enjoy.
1: All right, Andrea, welcome to the show.
0: <laughs> uh, thank you so much for having me, Rad. I'm excited to be here.
1: Yeah. As we open this conversation, I want to just have a kind of baseline. When we're talking about a personality-driven brand and this whole idea of bringing ourselves, who we are as a person, into the kind of messaging that we bring to the world, the kind of ways that we are showing up, how do you define that? And for even further and deeper, like, what do you see happening in the world where people are, are just not stepping up to the plate on this?
0: Mm. Yes. So personality-driven brands aren't new, when I think back to um, marketing, the marketing of the olden days, back when it was print marketing, um, oftentimes brands would use celebrities as the personality. So even in radio commercials, television commercials, celebrities tend to be a a spokesperson of sorts for the brand. Well, fast forward to today, we've gone through the era of um, reality TV. We've gone through eras of influencer marketing. And so, what consumers tend to enjoy is connecting with an individual and a person. Versus an entity. Now, I say tend to because entities can also be very personality driven, but a lot of the people that I work with tend to be consultants, coaches, um, experts in their own right. And so when we think about marketing, specifically social media marketing, the tendency is to go one way or the other. The tendency is to either go all the way towards influencer marketing and we're posting the breakfast we ate this morning, or we go all the way to being completely professional. And missing the mark when it comes to connecting with audiences. So the strategies that I apply tend to be focused on that middle ground. How do we create a marketing campaign that tugs at heartstrings, that informs, that entertains, all while promoting our offers, selling our services, you know, getting more clients and customers in the door. And so it's that middle ground that I like to play with when it comes to personality driven marketing.
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I was just listening this morning to a podcast interview with an author whose book is called Bragging Rights. And I, it, I was like, oh, that's so interesting that this is the title of her book. And of course, this, I think, is, is one of the pieces that hangs people up when it comes to bringing themselves into their marketing and their messaging. It's be, it, the feeling that, well, I don't want to appear boastful. I don't, in fact, you know, and they leaning away from, well, I don't want to be that influencer who is all about, you know, look at me and look at the great things I'm doing and how great I am and all that kind of stuff. And yet the idea that we can, if if bragging isn't the right word, <laughs> at least showcase our talents and our skills. And not only that, but the actual work, like the the results that have been happening because of. You know the influence and the work that we've been doing, those kinds of things seem to be uh, something that a lot of people are are missing the boat of like, "Oh no, I, I don't want to be that like I don't want to be this super braggy person. and as a result they're they're missing this other opportunity
0: and you know it. It's one of the dangers of social media, right? We can see what everyone else is doing. (laughs) And and we can go, I like that one. I don't like that one. Very, very easily and clearly. Um, So I think it's a lot easier now to go, there's this atmosphere uh, in certain pockets of the internet where people are bragging. They're being very boisterous. The way that they're presenting themselves is not how we would want to present ourselves. And it's so unaligned with what we want to do. Right. Um, And yes, we can observe that. But then also I challenge the same people who think those things to look at the people you do follow, who are the, the influencers, the thought leaders, the types of content pieces that you do connect with, that you do resonate with. And how can you replicate that in your marketing? You know, a lot of times when we log into social media, we don't want to be sold to. We don't want to go, hmm, I wonder what, what I'm going to buy today, you know? <laughs> That's not really how we, we start our exploration. And so coming at it from that perspective as a business owner does feel a little bit of a disconnect, um, which is why the personality-driven brand. How can we actually connect with humans on a human level? in a way that doesn't feel like we are saying, um, I'm so awesome by my stuff. And oftentimes this just comes down to conversation, right? The same way, I like to use the dating analogy a lot. So it's the same way you wouldn't go up to someone that you're interested in and say, here's all of my perks and qualifications. Here's why you should date me, right? Usually that's discovered through the relationship. And the same thing happens on social media. We usually don't start off with, you know, here's every... Every reason why I'm awesome and why you should follow me, there's a discovery process that's involved that, you know, it does take a little bit of time, but the relationships are so much richer when you go through that process, which is what I love personally about social media.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's something I'm really curious about, because I know that in the work that you do, particularly with your agency, that it, a lot of, a lot of the, the product that you're putting out there is very data driven. And so to me this creates this interesting dynamic. It's like, okay, well, I want to be more myself. I want to find out what my authentic voice is. I want to find my person, like I want to express my personality and how am I going to do something as as nerdy as mind data <laughs> to, to do that? I mean, this just last week I was talking with uh, my guest who has this AI tool and we our conversation was about how do you use artificial intelligence to find your authentic voice mm-hmm. and i was like you know is that is that even possible like how can artificial intelligence help me find the real me mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is the same kind of thing that i want to ask you because i know that this is a big part of your work so how do you help your clients figure out the parts of themselves to be shining when you're looking at you know, the data and the results and the stuff that they've done in the past.
0: Yeah. And that is the hardest part, right? It's, it's basically orchestrating, amplifying parts of your personality that resonate most with People. Um, And we do this naturally as humans, right? You ever go to a party and, you know, maybe it's Thanksgiving, you tell a joke and everyone laughs and you remember it so that you could tell it again. (laughs) That's basically (laughs) what we're doing here, right? Except we're using data from the platforms to do that. So going in, looking at, you know, the themes that resonate the most. Um, So an example is one of my clients um, is an executive coach in corporate America, specifically working with Black women. And a topic that we notice works well for her is gaslighting in the workplace. Now she's been talking about these topics for years, but recently the terms gaslighting in the workplace work really well for her. So we're not... Um We're using that data to create content, but we're not distracting from her story, her message, the way that she delivers it. We're simply noticing the trends and, oh, that worked really well. Let's do that again and let's try it maybe a different way, use a different hook, use a different call to action, use it with a different story. Um, So that's how we apply data to the the personality piece. Some of it though is X factor. Like some people just attract more people to them than others. And so having kind of like a third party person or AI, I have not explored that quite yet. I'm very curious, but having a third party person go, Oh, here's the angles that work really well for you. Here's what really resonated with you. Here's what works for me is a great way to have that reflected back to you. And That's basically what we're doing with social media through likes and comments and shares. We get public feedback every time we post something. So the process, while it can be tedious, um, once you start getting going with posting, you definitely can start to see trends in topics, trends in um, styles of presentation, and trends in um, how people take action on your content.
1: Yeah, that's so interesting. The trending part, I think, is... Something that, again, a lot of people miss a trick on. You know, when people think about trends, they're thinking about, I don't know, the, the song that's popular on TikTok. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then they'll, and they, and they tend to, rather than doing something that stands out, they'll tend to copy the styling, you know, so they have a, a, a song that's the trending song, and then they'll have captions on their reel, and they'll be pointing to the thing, yeah. <laughs> which is. Okay, like those things could work for you, but I don't know that they're necessarily uh, particularly personality driven. (laughs)
0: Yeah. And this is where I love to draw the line between strategy and tactic. So to me, strategy is kind of the overarching way that you approach your marketing. So for example, for me, I am definitely a video person. I am a talker. I have a podcast, YouTube videos. That's what I do. I've been doing it for over a decade. Um, I'm not really a writer. So if there is a strategy that I'm going to apply, it's probably going to be video. The tactics and how I deploy that strategy. It could be TikTok. It could be Instagram reels. You know, it could be all sorts of things. Um, those are all tactics that kind of align under the strategy. So where trending content tends to come in is it? it's a tactic. And some of those tactics do work. Some don't. But you want to make sure it's aligned with your overall strategy. So if dancing and pointing is part of it, then go for it. That aligns with your strategy. Absolutely. Most of my clients... That's that's not for them. For me, I cannot do a lip sync video to save my life. I I mean, I could. I've tried it because my job is to explore all of that, Um, but it's it's not my ministry. So, you know, some of those things, while they do work for people and while they can catch on, um, for example, one of our clients who's a relationship coach. Um, went viral on TikTok doing a simple lip sync video. It was aligned with her strategy. The the message was aligned, fit with her brand. It got over 2 million views and that Um. worked for her. It's not going to work the same for everyone. Um, So this is where like that line between strategy and tactics is super important and understanding where trends relate to you personally.
1: Yeah, well, you know, you could... Challenge that client to a lip sync battle. <laughs> I would lose.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Just see what happens. <laughs> I would definitely lose.
1: <laughs> no, that's too funny. Well, that's uh, yeah. I mean, right? Exactly. I mean, don't lean into the stuff where you, this is the thing that you are most comfortable doing. Like, if this is the thing, and I, I, I often talk with people about, you know, I mean, my work is all about helping people get on camera and do video and most people have at least a healthy level of discomfort when it comes to facing the camera. They're just like, I don't know if that's for me or not. And it's just a matter of putting the context of, well, what do you like doing? You know, do you like sitting across the table from a ca- at a cafe with someone and talking with just one person? Well, if you do, if you like that, if if that's for you, there are ways to replicate that in an on-camera experience that will make you feel that same level of comfort when you're speaking, you know, for example, And so I want to talk about a little bit. We're talking about social media as if it's this single block. (laughs) And of course it's not. It's like this many armed animal that each arm is quite distinctive and different. And so tell me a little bit about your way of helping guide clients through the social media choices that are myriad in terms of they wanna be the face of their brand and they wanna be showcasing the things that they believe in and the things that they stand for and and all of that kind of stuff. And yet they're wondering, well, where should I be? Mm -hmm. And how do you help them make that kind of choice?
0: Yeah. And it is complex. As you mentioned, there are so many options when it comes to social media. Most people have a preference already. So that's typically where I start. So for instance, if you are on Facebook frequently, you enjoy the platform, you love it. And I say, oh, you have to be on Instagram and you go join Instagram and you don't like it. No matter how much I say it's good for you, you're not going to use it because I've it feels like eating your vegetables, right? So yeah. for a lot of my clients, I start with their preferences. What, where do you like to spend time already? Most of the major platforms have. So many, like such a wide variety of audiences and pockets of audiences, we typically can work within those parameters. So preferences first. The second thing I do like to take into consideration is delivery method. So some of my clients are writers; they like long-form content, or maybe they're just they like to think through their their written work a lot more, and they kind of tense up when it comes to video content. Um, so we'll take that into consideration. It's another preference, um, and then. Lastly, I would look at things like um, where their audience spends time. So, If you are a consultant, for example, working with other business owners and you prefer written content, I'm probably going to recommend LinkedIn to you because there's a a wide variety of people that you can connect with on that platform. If on the other hand, you prefer video content and maybe you work with um, photographers and you coach them through starting their business, I may recommend Instagram for you because that there's a large segment of that audience there. So there's a lot of factors that play into it. Um, I actually have a free resource on this too. Uh, I don't know if I'm supposed to share a little bit. Go for it. Not. Share um, it. Yeah. Okay. It's on my website. It's onlinedrea.com slash platform. And I walk through all the platforms. I actually just updated it in August of this year, of 2023. So we walk through all the platforms, the considerations for each platform and, and kind of help you navigate um, because it is confusing. And I recognize that.
1: Great. All right. Well, I'll make sure that links to that are in the show notes, so people can go and grab it. That sounds great. Okay. So, people showcasing themselves and showcasing their personality on social media. One of the ways that seems to work and be really effective in terms of having people, you know, having your brand be more memorable, is in telling stories and telling, sharing anecdotes. And story seems to work pretty well in terms of a type of content. And so how do you help and guide your clients in terms of collecting and choosing the kinds of stories that they wanna be telling?
0: Yes. And this is a skill that needs to be developed. Um, so I like to ask questions about their clients specifically. So this is where there are so many stories as an expert that you have that you don't even realize you have. So for example, I was working with um, one of my members in the Savvy Social School around this. She um, helps temporary rental companies think like People who have Airbnbs or VBROs, things like that. She helps them get booked. And she was stuck on what do I post on social media? So I said, well, what's the last question your client? ask you recently. And she was mm-hmm. like, oh, well, they were wondering, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And I was like, that's the story. So now we go on social media. She likes video. So in video, we're going to say, hey, are you wondering about this, that, or the other thing? Or here's a challenge my client had recently. So kind of reflecting back, but what's happening in your business. And so I like to think of social media more of a mirror than a megaphone. And this is where sometimes people get stuck with the storytelling because human nature comes into play (laughs) and we want to be the best. Right. So instead of reflecting what's happening now, we think about how can we make this better? How can we make it bolder? How can we make it brighter? And we get stuck in that loop and we end up spending way too much time creating content Um, instead of simply reflecting back what's happening in the business. Now, if you don't have clients, this is where third-party stories come into play. Or my favorite is analogies, um, specifically from my own personal experience. So an example of that is the challenge of starting to post is is very human. It's a, it's a thing we all have that um, we all go through this as humans. Um, so I use a story of like, I, in the pandemic, decided to learn how to roller skate. And my brain was like, this is going to be easy. It was not. I look like a baby giraffe out there. My neighbors were probably laughing at me. And that's how sometimes it feels when you've post the for the first time on social media. So that's a story from my own personal life that I then can reflect and connect back to my work and the things that I do. So it does take some time and practice to sit down and think through, you know, what are the things that I've gone through recently? What are the challenges that my clients have? And kind of brainstorm through those and then connect them to the work that you do.
1: Yeah, I just, it's so effective. I mean, just that example is great because the image of the baby giraffe and particularly the baby giraffe on, on roller skates, <laughs>
0: that it's was very me. sticky.
1: It's yeah, right. You know, and <laughs> yeah. it's like, well, we all know what that looks like and, or if we've ever been on roller skates ourselves, we know what it feels like. We can actually literally feel it. And that's, that's the part where, especially when you're doing anecdotes, I think why it works so well, because it transfers not only the the image, but actually the emotional content, like the feeling of, oh no, I'm on rollerblades and <laughs> I can't I can't stand up, <laughs> and and we get that, like we embody that, which which makes it like and we can just carry that with us. Like that's the part you know you could go through. Here's my you know list of ten things to remember, and people will remember maybe two of them, but they're going to remember the baby giraffe. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> yep. And that's the thing. It's it's about like being relatable um, mm-hmm. in a way that is connecting. And I will say this. I always get this question too. There are boundaries that you can set for yourself around this. You don't have to reflect everything. I'm a very private person. I don't Post my kid on social media, for example. If I'm traveling, y'all will never know. Um, so I'm I'm like a very private person, and I still can share stories about things like roller skates or how I'm a terrified of spiders because those don't feel like I'm oversharing. So some of this too is kind of figuring out your boundaries, and. Sometimes you gotta push the boundaries to figure them out. I come from a YouTube background. I used to share everything of my entire life on YouTube. Um and then I had to figure out where my boundaries were. And so s- some of these stories that you think about, that you come up with, not all of them can turn into social media content. You can figure out what you feel comfortable sharing and what you don't.
1: Yeah, this is this is probably a really good note for us to close on because we're just getting towards the end of our time. Like we just barely scratched the surface on this. If you have Some inspiring thing for someone who's thinking, well, yeah, I really want to lean into creating more of a personality-driven brand for myself. What would you care to share with that person?
0: Yes. So I talked about how it takes time to come up with these stories. And one of my favorite exercises to do with this is all about feelings. And And Brad, you mentioned this as well. Uh, because as humans, we do connect on a feelings basis first before we start analyzing the facts. So this exercise is very simple on a piece of paper on one side, right before, and on the other side, right after you can fold it in half, draw a line. Um, and start going through the feelings that your potential clients or current clients and customers are feeling around your products and your offers. So to come up with something like the baby giraffe, I think about the complete discomfort of creating a video for the first time or writing a caption for the first time. And so that's a feeling that the very visceral feeling that people have. Um, So set a timer, give yourself 30 minutes to an hour and go through those feelings first. And that will really help inform the stories that you tell and and help you tie them back into your offers. Um, So before and after feelings, I love the after feelings as well. You know how people feel confident that they can accomplish something or they feel relaxed now that they've taken something off their plate and so this exercise can be a very powerful tool because also you're writing dozens of words that you could use in your captions um and it, it becomes a bank of uh, a resource for you that you can go through as you're building your personality driven brand on social media
1: all right that sounds great well i have to know how's your roller skating now
0: <laughs> um i gave very quickly, I will admit. Oh no. <laughs> to be honest, I got pregnant shortly after that. so I could I could not continue that exploration as much as I wanted.
1: <laughs> we'll take that as a reasonable excuse. <laughs> well, that's too funny. Well, Andrea, thanks you so much for coming on today. This is really great conversation.
0: Oh, thank you so much for having me.